0: Welcome to another Locked On Podcast Network crossover episode. Brian Peacock here of Locked On 49ers. I am with Landon McCool of Locked On Cowboys. We're going to preview this week 15 matchup with... The first place, 49ers in the first place, Cowboys getting ready for a playoff. Oh, wait. No, but they got flexed out of prime time, didn't they? That's what's going on right now. That is is what's happening in 2020. So um, Landon and I will get into this matchup. I would like to tell you about my friends from Pepsi first. This football season has been extremely different. And Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. At BD Peacock is where you can find me. At McCool BCB is where you can find Landon. And at Locked On Cowboys, it's Locked On Cowboys, right? locked on yeah, Cowboys that's a, that's on Twitter a, okay
1: we're, we're locked on Cowboys you got the official got you covered
0: you got the official at on Twitter that's the question because some people yes. got the underscore in there in their official locked on at on Twitter and I don't have a, an official locked on 49ers account you know what's weird when I first took over this podcast in 2017 the locked on mm-hmm. 49ers handle was suspended already and the show didn't really exist yet. So I don't what know what ominous, happened there.
1: What an ominous start for you. Yeah,
0: I would been. love to know the backstory of why the <laughs> locked on 49ers handle was suspended before I even started doing this show.
1: Man, I mean, that must have been a a really bad day at the office uh, watching a game someday <laughs> that uh, that let loose some language that even yeah. Twitter couldn't allow. Right. Because uh, Twitter's really been an ugly football game. That Twitter's a
0: cesspool, that as we know. Like there is a yeah. lot of uh, colorful language happening On Twitter. A lot of colorful language, I think, happening with 49ers fans and Cowboys fans this season. Like how far have these franchises fallen? This would have been a top draft pick from network executives before the year. And now this game is completely flexed out of primetime. Like this is crazy.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was, you know, when you, when you mentioned before the first place 49ers versus first place Cowboys, I was like, this is definitely not the 1995 uh, (laughs) NFC conference game uh, or 1994, rather NFC conference game. Uh, But you know, I I think you guys seem to have had a little bit uh, higher heights to fall from. I mean, just because of, of recent success. Uh, But I don't think either one of our two teams uh, were expecting the kind of Season that has uh, uh, rolled out to w- these two teams so far. I mean, I, 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 whether it's injuries or bad luck or COVID or, or a, uh, a, a terrible combination of all those things, um, I think, you know, even though the Cowboys maybe uh, were Super Bowl hopefuls, uh, they certainly didn't have uh, the kind of priors that the 49ers recently did. Uh, so for both of these two very storied franchises, it, it does seem like quite a precipitous fall. Uh, right. and, and quite a quite an ugly season for, for really for both teams.
0: And if the Cowboys win this game, the Niners and Cowboys will actually be tied and have the same record at five yeah. and nine, which is a record that neither team wanted, and especially 49ers fans. Because I think 49ers fans, and look, let's be honest, there's, there's a rivalry here. I think 49ers fans sure. earlier on in the season were probably pointing and laughing at the Cowboys and like, ah, look how bad they are. No, Dak, can't play defense. That's hilarious. <laughs> and now the 49ers are like, wait a second, we might, have a, we might be tied with the Cowboys if they beat us yep. right now. So, um, <laughs> that, yeah, it's and the league is crazy because so much can change year to year. And, and week to week even sometimes. Yeah. But I am i don't blame them from for flexing this game out because there's no Dak Prescott. There's no Jimmy Garoppolo. There's no George Kittle and Nick Bosa. You know, the, where's the star power? So uh, I completely get it. You know what's crazy? It was a Browns game, I think, got flexed in, right? So that's even... Yeah.
1: What's that it's, say about it, this year? If, if that's not 2020, I don't know what is. <laughs> I mean, I think the whole the universe being turned on its head and, and, and just everything being kind of a little bit out of sorts, but yeah, I mean, I, I, think, you know, look last week we were hope we were wondering whether or not we were going to be able to, uh, to beat Cincinnati, uh you know, and, and, and we did, we, we, we had, we gave them a little trouncing there, but I, I don't know that we were, you know, really that far out of, of their league, as far as, you know, being near the bottom of the, of the, of the league, as far as team rosters. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, you know, for us, it's been uh, it's been a horrible combination of injuries, like we have talked about. I mean, you mentioned Dak Prescott's injury. Um, you know, and beyond that too, I think the thing that's really been difficult for Cowboys fans to deal with is that, yeah, obviously before Dak got hurt. You know, everyone was was like had had a lot of high hopes for this team, but even then, like coming into the season, there were injuries at the offensive line that the Cowboys had that they were trying to overcome, and then eventually, obviously, that that bled into ha- causing Dak Prescott out there uh, to get injured. and And I think that that the Cowboys fans a lot are looking at the fact that they still have Ceedee Lamb and Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup out there on offense, and and still wondering like why this offense can't produce. When really outside of those three players, the other eight players on offense have all been injured and now are basically on the second team or, you know, at least if, if not, you know, third team in some cases with tackle and in, in some positions. So, um, and then on, on defense, it's, it's, it's been even worse. I mean, I think for the Cowboys, you know, they came into the season transitioning head coaches and, and part of that transition from head coach was a new defensive coordinator and a new defensive scheme. And uh, you know, usually what happens is when you have a new head coach, you get an extra week of the preseason. We actually were supposed to be slated into playing in the hall of fame game. So we were even getting a little more uh, extra time, you know, to, to kind of to work things in all of that got erased with COVID and all the you know extra preparation that you wanted and all the uh, extra time on the field to, to kind of evaluate the team, all of that went out the window with COVID. And so even as bad as the offense has been with all of their injuries and underperformance and everything, the defense, they, the Cowboys knew was going to be bad going into this year, but the, the, the thought process was that the Cowboys offense would be good enough that they could survive. Well, Obviously the Cowboys offense is not good enough that the defense can survive and now the defense is being thrust into the spotlight they're in the middle of a transition they don't have the talent because of the injuries uh and basically they are now if i'm not mistaken the 32 ranked defense in the NFL they are on pace to uh uh break all kinds of records for rush specifically rushing yards allowed which has basically sunk their chances for most of the games that they've played this this season uh, and it's basically a full on disaster. It's just, <laughs> you know, the, all the alarms are being sounded. And this week we're playing against uh, one of the uh, the greatest run game masterminds in the history of the sport, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and and I, I just have this feeling that, uh, that no matter who, who the 49ers have out there. Just, you guys are just going to be able to carve us up in the run game, and, and it's it's going to take some kind of some kind of Herculean effort by Andy Dalton, which I don't know that he's capable of to to try to overcome. And, and, and you know, we may you, we may compare records, and they may be you know one game off. Uh, but when I look at these two teams, to me, even with where 49ers have been at uh, a disappointing season, I still feel like there's some daylight between these two. I, I think Dallas is 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 really a struggling team right now
0: yeah it's interesting because when i do the the peacock and williamson nfl show which is a daily podcast here on the network with matt williamson we cover the entire league and yeah. and it's always we're previewing games and it's always a get right week for teams playing against the <laughs> dallas cowboys defense right and yeah. that's probably what it feels like for you watching these games is because everyone can can do what they need to do because you can set the tone you can run the ball and then you can throw off of that and it's always very easy for offenses to do that luckily you played um the, the Bengals last week which might have you know might, might be the worst team in the NFL now that that Burrow's out. They're they're on that level with the Jaguars and Jets for sure to me. But playing against that Dallas Cowboys team for for offenses is really a get well situation. So, uh, you know, whoever's starting at running back, Raheem Mostert is listed as questionable. He got dinged up again last week. So, if it's Jeffrey Wilson, um probably startable for your fantasy playoffs it's just the way it's gone against those dallas cowboys but um i want to ask about uh, multiple things actually let's wait a second I, i'm going to grill you a little bit and then i'm going to turn it over to you you can grill me a little bit more about the 49ers and then we will make our predictions our official predictions for week 15 coming up on this locked on podcast network crossover 49ers cowboys week 15. Okay Landon you mentioned something there at the top and it was the order you mentioned the disasters that happened for the Cowboys this year that I want to ask you about. You talked about the offensive line first then Dak Prescott getting hurt was that line already because the Dallas Cowboys were like the best line in the NFL for a while. Was that line already a problem before Dak got hurt or were those things sort of happening at the same time or did they happen later after the Dak injury.
1: No, it, it definitely feels like there was a, a cause and effect to a certain degree. I think, you know, what's it started this offseason with the kind of sudden retirement of Travis Frederick. Um, you know, the Cowboys, I still think, you know, coming into the season had one of the deepest offensive lines in football. Uh, and I, and even through what has, ha- has transpired, I think you look at what the Cowboys have done. And they've gone, you know, five deep at offensive tackle without having to bring anybody in from the street. I mean, they have brought people in the street, but not to start. Uh, and I think that that kind of shows you that they actually did have a lot of that depth. I mean, it hasn't been great. <laughs> you know, OT five, your OT five is not great against uh, many teams' Pro Bowl defensive end, but it, you know, at least you had those bodies on the field and, and you were able to manage to hold on for a certain while. But yeah, the Cowboys came into the season with Lael Collins uh, already uh, kind of not ready for the season. And then eventually just rolled into IR because of, uh, you know, there's lots of different reasons that are being bantied about It's He had hip surgery in the off season. I think the COVID uh, situation really affected his ability uh, because he couldn't get into the building to, maintain his weight to be honest. Uh, there's some talk about that he may may not have been able to, you know, keep uh, in great shape in the offseason because of the combination of recovering from hip surgery and uh, the COVID protocols. Um, Tyron Smith uh, early on, uh, you know, was, was dealing with a, a, a myriad of injuries and and, and he, you know, he's he's had that problem at different points in the year. I mean, the last 4 or 5 years he's been good for missing at least one or two games a year. Uh, and 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 you kind of have to find a way to work around that, whether it's uh, just a, a solid backup third tackle, or you know, just working around it schematically. Uh, but the problem is that you had both, and, and and at the same time, and now suddenly you're starting uh, rookie free agent uh, Terrence Steele at at left tackle. Uh, and then uh, eventually uh, you're settling in on a guy that the, the, the original team didn't think was could play tackle, that he was a guard in Brandon Knight. Uh, and, and and you know, those guys were the starter for a while because your third offensive tackle, Cam Irving, was also injured for a long time. Cam Irving came back and there was a huge shuffle. There's been a whole other set of shuffle. At one point, Zach Martin had to get kicked out of tackle because uh, tackle had gotten so bad. Uh, and then Zach Martin got hurt. So basically, uh, I, I mean, just to go from left to right left tackle has been replaced at least two to three times. At least three people have played that position. Left guard is the only position that has not been affected by injuries. Connor Williams has basically been a mainstay there. I think he took a couple of snaps off your center. Obviously I mentioned uh, Williams
0: was hurt coming into the year too. That was the question mark, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was, he was actually recovered coming off of an ACL injury and that seems like a (laughs) complete, you know, that seems like a decade ago. I mean, he's, he's the help by far the healthiest guy on that line. Uh, and he's an eight he recovering from an ACL. So then, in the center, Travis Frederick uh, obviously retires early in the season. Joe Looney plays for a little while, not not, not great, not 49ers quite nineers legend. He remembered a few years ago, uh, and then he gets hurt. Right, and then. Uh, Tyler Biotish, who's a fourth round pick, the center came in and played fantastically and actually was the better center. And as far as I'm concerned is, is our OC one, but guess what? He got hurt. So then Jonathan Ludic came back and then, you know, obviously going all the way out to guard and tackle each one of those positions on the right side has been replaced has been played by at least two to three different people. Dak Prescott getting hurt, you know, uh, three or four weeks into the season after basically being the only reason that we were even in any of these games early on uh, because he was just putting up superhuman efforts uh, and scoring a bunch of points when, uh, you know, the the defense could not stop a soul. Uh, And and so that's really the kind of order of events is that it started with offensive line struggles. Dak was, you know, being hit a lot. Dak was being chased around a lot, a struggles to kind of get things started early. Uh, but Dak would always find a way at the end of the game to kind of pull them back. And it was very Romo-esque. I mean, you don't know how much you remember of his game from back then, but that's kind of what was happening with him too. Uh and then and then obviously when Dak got, got injured, the wheels came off and suddenly they try to play a, a ball control kind of game because that's really all they have left. But they just don't have the defense for that. And so it's 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 you know, it started to really snowball yeah. from there, and, and that's when you know things started really becoming ugly.
0: I really liked. Ben Denucci's just release, just the way he threw the ball. Yeah. It looked like one of those situations where it's like, hey, I could go play in the NFL. He looked like an everyman kind of playing, and yeah. I liked that about him. He was yanked very quickly, though, so I'm guessing uh, yeah. the Cowboys didn't like what they saw there and settled on Andy Dalton. Um, I have a question. So offensive line obviously blown up in a huge problem. Is that... What has been Zeke's main problem? A lot of people are trying to say that Zeke Elliott's cooked, and essentially when you give a guy a big second contract at running back, that means they have to be terrible and or miss most of the season. Christian McCaffrey, Mixon, we're seeing it now, too. It's just one of those things we saw with Todd Gurley. just happens in the NFL, and when I watch the Cowboys, I'm, I'm looking at Tony Pollard, and I'm like, God, ah, that guy's way more explosive than Zeke Elliott is, although that guy is just a, an explosive athlete. So I don't know if it's just that he's fast, and that's why it looks that way, or is Zeke somewhat cooked? And I'm not really in that uh, in that company of people who are saying that you know he's done, done. But some people are like Zeke's done. What are they doing? They got to move on from Zeke. They shouldn't have paid him.
1: Yeah, I, I think if, you know. Look, it, it's it's too bad Marcus isn't here because I think Marcus would tell you that Zeke is definitely cooked. And uh, I, you know, I I think that Zeke definitely doesn't look the same. I mean, and I think that this is the first year where I've seen him deal with uh, like multiple injuries or he's been questionable to miss games. And, and I think that, you know, ultimately that is what has made Zeke to me more valuable than some of those other second contract guys, right? Is that Zeke has never missed a game uh, for injury. Obviously there's off field issues was one thing that a couple years ago, but uh, you know, and I think that he's maintained a high level of production you know, despite taking on all these hits and despite taking on all the punishment, this is the first year where that started to tail off a little bit. Obviously I I think, you know, even Marcus, who is, you know, running backs don't matter guy. I think if anything, that points to the fact that the offensive line does have an effect Mm -hmm. on, on, on their running. So I do think that there is a large portion of this that's being affected by uh, an offensive line that is you know not starting Tyron Smith and leo Collins and, and Zach Martin anymore. So I, I think that that obviously huge has a huge impact. But I do think that there is an element there of being concerned about whether Zeke is kind of turned a corner because you know once you start seeing running backs take on those lower body injuries and 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 uh, and, and the kind of just starting to lose that explosion, that doesn't really come back. Yeah, uh, and I think Tony Pollard maybe you know looks more explosive uh, in comparison to that at times. Uh but at this point I still think that I trust Zeke uh to carry the ball more and produce on a a carry by carry basis more than Pollard. I think Pollard is is a great is a perfect change of pace back. A, a great I mean and even if you wanted to talk about him getting 50-50 split with with D- Zeke, I you know, I mean I don't know that they'll ever do that because of the contract. I could get behind that, but I don't know that I'm behind Pollard taking over Zeke's role and being like the starting running back and getting a lion's share of the carries.
0: I'm with Marcus on that. Pay offensive linemen, spend resources on offensive linemen, don't pay and draft running backs. Hi, I'm, I'm totally with him. I that understand that at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think here's a good segue into Actually, real quick, if you could sum it up in 30 seconds, because I, I want to hand it over to you to grill me a little bit about the 49ers. Yeah. we talked a lot about the Cowboys so far on this episode, and I'm sure your listeners are, are interested in, in what the other team they're playing against is going to look like this weekend. Dak Prescott, a lot of 49ers fans are like, Hey, shiny quarterback going to be a free agent. Bridges burned nope. with, with Dak. Nope. Okay, good. Okay, it doesn't nope. have to be 30 Don't seconds. Don't do okay. it.
1: Don't talk about it. Okay. Ryan. <laughs> it it's, like I know. it's not funny happening, right? I have heard a lot of people say Dak Prescott and, and the 49ers together. And I, and, and I gotta say, if it wasn't the Cowboys, I totally would love him to go there. Cause I think that that would be an amazing fit for what you guys do and what his skill set is. I think it would be an incredible fit. He's one of the best throwers. uh, 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 He's one of the best throwers I've seen throwing on the run. Uh, e- running either direction, uh, and, and I think running bootlegs and play action and and all the wide zone uh, boots off of that, I think he would be absolutely unbelievable in it. But I, I really honestly don't – I mean, seriously, I, I don't believe it. I, I think I, – I Jerry loves Dak in a way that I don't think gets publicized a lot. I just – I have a really, really hard time believing even now that he's not going to come back to the Cowboys.
0: It's going to be like a what forty million dollar per year deal? Is that what we're looking at? Something I massive mean, like I, that? yeah.
1: I, listen, your opinion about uh, uh, running backs and uh, an offensive line that that Marcus shares, I agree. But to me, uh, I I I don't really care about what you pay almost any other position because I am of the belief. That no matter what you pay these quarterbacks, you are underpaying them so severely that every other position is basically savings compared Mm -hmm. to that. I mean, $40 million (laughs) may sound like a totally insane amount of money, but when you talk about the importance of the position relative to what the cap cost is, $40 million is is – still greatly underpaying when you have a quality quality
0: quarterback. Oh, no doubt. And when you count the number 4 jerseys, well not right now necessarily, but in a normal yeah. year you count the number 4 jerseys in the stands and uh yeah, the, you can't really overpay a superstar quarterback that's going to help you win games. And there's been no I think that getting hurt earned him more money than if he would have played this year, right? Cuz you can I, see the very difference possibly, it makes with these. Yes. It's pretty crazy. All right. I think it's really possible. <laughs> One more angle here that I want to talk about when we come back and and you can grill me on everything 49ers will make some Predictions on this week 15 game is the rookie wide receivers with these two teams coming up. Landon McCool, Brian Peacock, 49ers-Cowboys crossover. So Landon, I was on record in draft season. I I wanted, I, there was two guys I thought the 49ers should take when they were on the clock at pick 14 after they traded with the Bucs. And the Bucs took Tristan Wirfs. And knowing what I know now, I probably would have said don't trade draft Tristan Wirfs because Joe Staley was retiring and the 49ers knew it and nobody else did. But that turned out okay because they were able to trade for Trent Williams. But I really liked Jerry Judy and I really liked CeeDee Lamb. They were neck and neck for me. Kyle Shanahan loved him. Some Brandon Ayuk. Both of them have had nearly identical stats so far this year and had really good rookie seasons. So I want to hear what you think about uh, the, the the Cowboys rookie wide receiver in C.D. Lamb, what has he looked like and how much has it held him back that just there's other good wide receivers on the roster and obviously no Dak Prescott thrown to him now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's uh, I think he's a superstar. I think he's going to be an absolute superstar. I mean, you can just tell already. I mean, he's got that kind of natural talent to uh, uh contort his body in all kinds of crazy different directions. He can do the big, uh, uh, acrobatic catch. He can do the quick catch, uh, and run after the, he's great with the ball in his foot with his, in his hands. He's, uh, he's great with short routes. He's great in the slot. Uh, I mean, he's just going to be a superstar. I don't don't really, you know, I, I obviously his numbers are affected by the fact that he's in the uh, offense with Cooper, uh, affected by the fact that he is, uh, had his uh, Dak for only a, a portion of the season, and then even after that, didn't always have Dalton. Had you know, like you mentioned, Danucci uh, and Garrett Gilbert, and so you know, I, I think you can you factor it all all in. He's been amazing. I don't think anybody in the Cowboys uh, organization has anything to do say other than fantastic stuff about C.D. Lamb, and they're excited about his future.
0: Alright, that, that's enough from me. I was going to talk a little bit about the coaching staff that used to be the 49ers coaching staff in Dallas and how long that might last, but uh, we'll see how that plays out because it sounds like Jerry Jones is going to stick with his coaching staff for at least one more year, or at least as head coach. I don't know if Mike Nolan's going to stick around. I don't know about Nolan, defense. but yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: definitely McCarthy. Uh, but I want to you know, turn I, it over
0: to you before we, uh, before we make our predictions here and talk a little bit of Niners if you have any questions on uh, what that team looks like right now in Week 15.
1: I certainly do because, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, I I I think you, you brought up the conversation about Dak Prescott uh, and about, you know, the 49ers because I've heard that, you know, kind of being bantied about, let's talk about the quarterback situation. So, uh, you know, you come into the season, uh, you, you've got Jimmy Garoppolo coming off of obviously a, an incredible season previously uh, and, you know, things kind of are looking, cooking good and they're looking good um, and 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 it just feels like. I don't know if it was a if it's a slump or if this is kind of closer to what we're getting from Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, but I guess what are your thoughts about Jimmy Garoppolo now? I, I know that you know it seemingly has changed quite a bit since the Super Bowl. Ah, uh, but maybe it maybe it has not Maybe the the this feeling of with Jimmy G has been uh, it's it been brewing in Cowboys fans. I mean, in Forty Niners fans for longer than we've been aware. What 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 is the 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 temperature like yeah. for Jimmy G? At this oh point?
0: man, I don't think we can even cover it in one podcast because <laughs> there is definitely a pro Jimmy crowd. And actually, I got in a little argument Wednesday on Twitter talking about. You know whether or not Jimmy's the guy. How good are the backups? Why has Kyle Shanahan not addressed the quarterback position more and put some more resources there? Whether it's a starter a person to compete with Jimmy to be the starter, or just better backups to compete with Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard, because it's coming more and more clear that. Beathard and Mullins are, are players that you don't want taking snaps for you. And if that's the case, then you need to find yeah. better backups and and other players. And Jimmy Garoppolo's won a lot of games with the 49ers. And so I think he deserves some respect. And I think injuries has been a really big part of it, especially this year. He was only healthy for one game. That was that week one game. And he didn't look great. But then it was like, you know, you mentioned all the COVID stuff and the lack of an off season, And he didn't have his best receivers with him in that game. So there there's a lot of reasons and excuses for Jimmy Garoppolo. but You also look back to last year when he played really well. There were games where he won a shootout against Drew Brees and against the New Orleans Saints. And then there were games where um, he almost threw threw the game away in the playoffs against the Minnesota Vikings, and they just ran the heck out of the ball. Then the next week, they just ran the heck out of the ball again, and luckily that was enough to win against a team like the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship game and missed maybe the money throw that would have been the thing that cemented everything was if he would have hit Emmanuel Sanders in the Super Bowl on that deep route that post route mm-hmm. over the middle of the field if he hits that maybe the 49ers are champions and, and maybe the the narrative around Jimmy Garoppolo is very different but I think he's not moved around as well since the ACL injury in 2018 and now he's had the mm-hmm. high ankle sprain twice this year and missed so much time and I believe it was the great Bill Parcells who said the best ability is availability that's been his biggest problem. But the 49ers have, have shown that even more than verbally, they support Jimmy Garoppolo because they didn't bring in the greatest quarterback of all time who was available. They could have mm-hmm. brought him in last offseason, and they didn't. And who knows? Maybe if Garoppolo would have thrown a back-breaking interception in the Minnesota game and the 49ers would have lost in the playoffs and not been to the Super Bowl, maybe they would have made a change at quarterback. It's, it's really hard to know exactly how Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch and everybody in the building really feels about Jimmy Garoppolo. But if you believe what if you believe their actions, they didn't make change at all. And they didn't even try to improve their backup quarterback situation. So they believed in him enough. But now I think due to the salary cap, due to him missing most of another season, they have to be realistic about it. And they have to at least think about the idea of, okay, what could his $24 million salary this year that they can get out of very easily with that contract, the way it's structured, what would that do for us at other positions? And are we in a situation now where we're drafting high enough that we could draft the quarterback of the future in the first round? It's really going to be a, a, an interesting offseason for the 49ers who have a number of free agents, and that $20 million they could save could go a long way and maybe even upgrade the quarterback position in the long term in the drafted quarterback. So um, it's, And I think that's the the hardest thing with Jimmy Garoppolo to sum it all up is that He's gonna be 30 years old, and we still yeah. don't know who he is exactly. And and I think that's the worst part of it because he's been a backup for so long, and then he spent two, most of two seasons hurt. So we've seen one fully healthy season. And he took his team to the Super Bowl, so it's hard not to be impressed by that. But we we expected more this year, and we didn't get a chance to see that. So the not knowing, I think, is the most difficult part. And if I had to guess, I would think that the 49ers would think very hard. And I would probably lean fifty one percent that he's not back, and they do go to the draft if they're drafting high enough and go with the quarterback there. Um, but they're a competitive group. So Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch wanna win. And I don't think they're going to feel super comfortable going into the draft, not having a quarterback next year.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I, I was wondering exactly how much more leash he was gonna get. I mean, I think, you know, at this point, I mean it's unfortunate just because of the injuries, it's cost them a lot of money and and it really hasn't Given him maybe uh, a fair shot because I mean, look, I mean, he took the team to the to the <laughs> Super Bowl, uh, and 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 I agree that it's, it's a lot of money. And when you start talking about the injuries and missing so many games, it's it, it ultimately becomes. A financial decision you know and, yeah. and especially when the, when the cap gets tight and sometimes that's not always the best evaluation decision but you know here we are that's what you get sometimes
0: actually how about this how about a handshake deal and i didn't think about it until just now what if the 49ers say hey cowboys how about this let's let's work out a draft day trade if the cowboys end up drafting a few picks ahead of the 49ers let's work it out to where we can trade up with you in the draft and we're not going to talk to Dak Prescott's agent. We're not going to try to sign him. We're not going to talk talk that contract up any higher than it already has to be. What do you think? Can we make a deal there where the 49ers trade with the hated rival Cowboys and move up to draft their quarterback of the future in April?
1: Uh, Jerry doesn't let me make deals anymore ever since oh, uh, I, I, I tried to get some players on this team that that it probably didn't work out. So uh, he's not taking my phone calls. But uh, you know, look, Jerry's a, a wheeler and a dealer. So I, I'm sure if, if if we can get him on the phone, he's, he's willing to... To talk about anything any deal for sure um let's talk let's talk a little bit about the running game for for, because that's really and i mentioned it before it's 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 the weakness in the it's the, the glaring weakness at this point for the cowboys is they have really 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 struggled to stop the run at a historic rate as i mentioned uh their last four games they've given up 100 294 182 and 125 yards on the ground um I know that San Francisco has a kind of a rotation. It seems like going with, with these guys and that's kind of what uh, you know, a running back by committee has been a Shanahan thing for a long time. Um, It it seems like Raheem Mozart is the guy that gets uh, the, the most carries. I I could be wrong about that, but uh, from the games I've watched, it seems like he's getting a a lion's share of the carries. and, And especially since, you know, this season it feels like uh, you know there's been very little Tevin Coleman as he's kind of struggled to stay healthy at times. So, can you just talk to me a little bit about the running game and 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 how much has you know how much of it is being produced by a, a quality offensive line that that features uh, you know Lake Lake, Lake and Thomas, an in, 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 in inclusion of Trent Williams, which I thought obviously as a Washington guy I hated him, but now that he's out of the division, he's one of my favorite players because I'm an <laughs> Auburn guy. Uh, and and I, I also really loved Mike McClinchy coming out. I, I, I thought he was a, a fantastic tackle. I'm, I'm glad to see him kind of take over that right tackle uh, mantle for 49ers where they've had a lot of great players at that spot. So just talk to me a little bit about that this run game and, and, and how it's shaped up for you guys so far this year.
0: Yeah, the 49ers offensive line has been much better run blocking than they have been a pass blocking line this year. And uh, Mike McClinchey is another guy that will start a fight on Twitter right now because he's had some, some highlight reel – whiffs this year yeah and uh, yeah. he's given up the most pressures on the team according to pro football focus even though his sack sacks allowed haven't been as bad but those sacks allowed have been highlight plays and, and I don't think he's playing at the level he should be playing at and he got a little bit lighter this season there's been a lot of focus on that and he's he's been run blocking still pretty well and I think he wanted to be lighter so we get out on the move on those outside zone runs and and get to the second level and block people but it's hurt him as a pass protector and his anchor mm-hmm has been really uh, a problem. Enough for some people to say, you know, maybe we should move on from Mike McGlinchey or try to move him somewhere else inside or whatever because uh, Kyle Shanahan has been in his corner, but it hasn't been great there. Uh, They've really had some trouble at center and guard and mixing matching pieces there. It's been Colton McKivitts and Daniel Brunskill and and Tom Compton and Weston Richburg, they thought would be back this year Is torn Pateller. He's been out all year long and then his backup and Garland has been out. So they've really had problems at, in, in the interior specifically and in and center and right garden, trying to figure all of that out. And it looks like, Daniel Brunskill sort of solidified things at center and played okay even though he's a former tight end and I like him better at tackle and being sort of the swing tackle and the sixth man on the offensive line than being a starter inside so the 49ers to have to figure out some things in the offseason with the offensive line but they've still been a decent run blocking line and the biggest problem with them has been the injuries to Raheem Mostert because it's clear it, uh-huh. they, I mean I, I say running backs don't matter but he's clearly better than all the rest of the 49ers running backs. And when he's healthy, he is explosive, and he could rattle off these huge runs. And uh, I think it was a testament to his ability that he had only played half the games when he was uh, before he came back from his latest injury. And when he came back, he was still the leading rusher on the team. Um, but And now he's dealing with uh, more injuries, and he's questionable for this week. So if Raheem oh, Mostert doesn't play... Then it'll be Jeff Wilson, who fumbled last week, was in the doghouse for a little bit, but he runs angry. But he's he's the one guy that didn't run four three at the combine uh, among <laughs> the 49ers running backs, you know. And I don't think any, I mean, I don't think any of them except for Mostert still run four threes. Jerick McKinnon's been injured so much, and he's been more of a passing down back, and has kind of been phased out recently. Mm-hmm. Once uh, Raheem Mostert came back, and Jeff Wilson's been the backup, and then Tevin Wilson, uh, Tevin Coleman came back last week, and he's been the guy that. Kyle Shanahan loved from his days in Atlanta and has utilized him more than 49ers fans have liked because things just he's essentially been the worst runner when he's in the game. So to me, if Raheem Mostert plays, that'll be a huge boost for the 49ers. He's, you know, five yards per carry on the season. He averaged, what, six yards per carry last year? I mean, he is a game-breaking running back. And then the other running backs are fine and they can, they can handle those duties, but it's not an explosive running game like it is when Raheem Mostert is. In there, uh, but I think the matchup does help the 49ers. I think they're run blocking well with that offensive line, and I think if Kyle Shanahan had his druthers in this game, is seeing how Nick Mullins has been turning the ball over lately, he would probably prefer just running the ball 60 times and getting out of there with a, a a nine to three win, right? So I think that's the way that Kyle Shanahan hopes this goes, and whoever is the healthy starting running back for the 49ers is probably someone you should start in your fantasy football league this week.
1: If they're gonna win a ball control offense, a game like that, they're definitely gonna need to play a good defense, or at least uh, somewhere above below average defense, because the Cowboys offense is is really just not that good this year, especially with all the injuries. But I, I want to talk about the defense real quick. I think you know Cowboys fans from our perspective. Pretty familiar with this defensive line. Kerry Hyder is a guy that obviously was from Dallas last year, came from Dallas last year, uh, gave us a lot of really good snaps. I think he's playing way better for y'all than he ever did for oh, he's the Cowboys. Great. Yeah uh Arik armstead obviously as well known javon kinlaw was a guy that cowboys fans were looking at so there's a lot of familiarity there the, the defensive backfield jason barrett tcu guy uh richard sherman obviously everybody knows uh so i the spot that i think that there's a lot of questions at least from the outside from a cowboys perspective is this linebacker core and i i want to give you and i think dre greenlaw again that might be a guy that some cowboys uh Uh, know for sure because i am pretty sure he was on uh the cowboys practice squad at one point or he was uh, he was on our radar for sure uh but i really wanted to give you uh some opportunity to talk about fred warner because i've watched just a little bit of fred warner um at different points in the season and i think he's probably the best linebacker in football or, or one of them. Um, So can you just talk to me a little bit about these guys uh, in this group and, and just what you think uh, about the, the, the linebacking crew overall, and then we can expand the conversation out to some of these other more well-known players as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Fred Warner. I love the opportunity to talk about him because he's been a model person, player, teammate everything since he showed up and and they allowed him to be the starting middle linebacker from day one and he did not let them down and he's such a complete modern day linebacker and he's right there with maybe a couple other guys and absolutely the best linebacker in the league and and until last week he was the one player that was a star player on the 49ers team that hadn't been injured and then he went down with the stinger last week and he's been limited in practice this week so I think he'll be a questionable player and we'll see if he plays which would be a huge hit for the 49ers defense because everything he does versus the run and in coverage, and making the calls at middle linebacker, So he's a pretty indispensable piece of Real quick, I was going
1: to ask, I mean, I know that he had the stinger, but did it seem like, I mean, is there any inside uh, baseball you can give us here? Does it sound like he's going to play, or do you think it's really a questionable decision at this point? If I had to
0: guess right now, he will play because he was limited for the first practice, and and generally guys go limited, then full, full, or limited, limited, full, or something like that. Now, if they're not participating in practice to start the week, that makes it a little bit more difficult to project out if they're going to play. But with a stinger, it's one of those injuries. You know, you're talking neck, back, and things like that. It's, yeah. it's much more difficult to to know exactly how that's going to go. But he was evaluated for a concussion at first, and he didn't come back in the game. So that makes me a little bit worried that he won't play. But but seeing that he at least practiced in a limited fashion for the first practice of the week makes me feel like he will have an opportunity to play. But I'm sure it'll go up to Sunday, and he'll be questionable. Going into the game, just like running back Raheem Mostert will be with his ankle. Although Mostert did not practice on Wednesday. And they will be without Debo Samuel as well. So, you know, the injuries continue with that 49ers team. But Drake Greenlaw is an interesting player because they kind of stole him in the draft in the fifth round. And, and nobody really knew a lot about him. And he ran a 4.7 at the combine, even though he was a former safety and undersized. And was like, okay, no size, no speed. But the 49ers really have leaned heavily on... Those GPS or those monitoring systems that they use for players' miles per hour. And he had one of the fastest miles per hour for linebackers. And when you see him play, he plays to that speed. So he's much faster than his 40 time. And he had one of his best games last week. And he's made some really big stops for the 49ers. But he has also had some lapses in run defense and in coverage. And he's not really great at taking on blocks because he's a smaller guy. Tries to run around blocks and sometimes gets out of position but um, he had a really good game last week and I think he's a nice fit and he was the reason they felt comfortable getting rid of Quan Alexander and trading him to new Orleans this year because he earned it and he deserved to be the starting weak side linebacker next to Fred Warner. But I think playing next to Fred Warner probably allows him to play up with his abilities a little bit more. That would worry me, uh, not having Fred Warner out there this week. And who knows, maybe it'll be that a sort of a shootout game if that's the case, but, um, yeah, but I, I'm glad you mentioned Terry Hyder. I
1: definitely remember the Cowboys connection here now because he went to Arkansas. And I think yes. the Cowboys brought him in uh, for a visit. And, and a lot of Cowboys fans, as they do for any player that went to Arkansas, automatically <laughs> assumes that they did that because Jerry Jones is an Arkansas yeah. alumni. But I, I remember him being uh, a lot more impressive than, than people imagined. And obviously he got drafted the fifth round but has managed to, to – be, make it all the way up to starting uh, starting spot, which is you know still pretty impressive, even if he is getting uh, boistered a little bit by Fred Warner. Absolutely, uh, yeah. And
0: I'm glad you mentioned Kerry Hyder too, by the way, because he's been a savior for the 49ers pass yeah. rush this year with, what, seven and a half or eight sacks he has on the year, kind of out of nowhere. And he's got a bad body. He doesn't look the part yeah. at all, but he plays his butt off. And he's just made a ton of plays for the 49ers defense and has really saved them in a lot of ways, not having D Ford and not having Nick Bosa out there.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's, that's been the thing with us too is when he, we had him, we were like, is he a tackle? Is he a defensive end? He seems to get off the line really quickly, uh, even with a bad body. So I, I, I can see why he's gone through a couple different of coaching staffs because it's kind of a, of an un, unconventional body style. Uh, okay. I think uh, we probably uh, can, uh, take some time, and then come back and make some picks, right? Yeah,
0: let's do that. Let's make some predictions here with this game. And uh, it's an interesting line that the 49ers, as banged up as they are, and being on the road traveling to Dallas, are favored by three points in this game. That one surprises me a little bit. Uh, I'll let you go first, Landon. What do you think? What do you see happening here in Week 15 with this 49ers-Cowboys game with uh, how disappointing these teams are, how banged up these teams are? It's really hard to get a read on
1: yeah, I mean, I, look, you guys uh, have lost a ton of talent. There's no doubt. I mean, when you lose, uh, you know, <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo and and Nick Bosa and uh, Solomon Thomas and you know all and George Kittle. I mean, we haven't even talked about George Kittle. Uh, it, you know, all this talent, uh, it, it obviously puts a damper uh, on the season and, and things kind of get put out of reach. I just feel like the Cowboys are on a different level of. Suffering right now. I mean, not to, not to make my pain worse (laughs) than your pain, but I think that, I think the Cowboys are just not a, uh, a very good football team right now. And again, I I mentioned their inability to stop the run. This is the modern NFL uh, passing is everything. uh, But I have got a long running theory that. Passing is the most important thing up until the point where your defense is bad enough that it becomes the most important thing. Because if they can't stop the run, if you can't stop another team from running, you know, if if, if the other team is averaging five yards a carry every time they touch the ball, you don't even need to throw the ball to win the game. Yeah. Uh it takes it takes a Herculean effort, like I've mentioned before, from your quarterback to kind of overcome that sort of ability or a a, a whole bunch of turnovers. So I you know, I, I know the it, 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 the 49ers have, are not like the top rushing offense this year uh, it, or anything to that matter, but it doesn't require that to, to run all over the Cowboys. Uh, and I think that that's really what they're constantly having to overcome each week is if they can't get turnovers, like they did last week where they got three fumble recoveries in almost just just a quarter of football, then they don't really have the means to uh, to have enough stops to uh to do enough on offense to score points uh they just don't have the firepower on either side of the ball to to keep up with most teams so i'm gonna pick the 49ers to win um you know i i've i've really struggled to pick the the scores because the cowboys offense has been kind of all over the place and it's really hinged like i've mentioned on turnovers so i'm gonna say something like 21 to 14 49ers i I just you know the cowboys are really really struggling like i mentioned before and even with nick mullins uh at quarterback and even if he's struggling a little bit i think that the 49ers should have uh, a pretty healthy ability to run the football and they should be able to to find passing opportunities that are built off of the running game uh because the cowboys linebackers have struggled to, to cover and play action at different times too so uh yeah that's where i think i'm ending up 21 14 49ers
0: I think you outlined it pretty well, and luckily for the Cowboys, the 49ers' problem has been turnovers recently. So if they turn the ball over a bunch of times and the Cowboys' defense scores 14 points like the Washington defense did last week, then... Uh, you know, All bets are off, but the the Cowboys' defense isn't playing to the level that Washington's defense is playing at right now. So I think the 49ers will be able to play a ball-control offense. They'll run the heck out of the ball, and that'll be the plan, and then we'll see what happens with Mike Nolan if I had to guess. And if I know Mike Nolan like I think I do, he's going to put uh, 11 guys in the box and and make Nick Mullins do something with the ball on the outside, in which case we might see a breakout catch-and-run by Brandon Ayuk or something like that to to make a big play. So uh, I do think that it favors the 49ers and I do expect a 49ers win. The, the line is minus three for San Francisco. I'll say that they do cover that and win by four, 24-20. And the over-under is 45. So I'll say they, they best the line by one, and they go under the 45 by one. 44 total points, 24-20, 49ers. But I think pretty much everything you said nailed it, which the way this thing looks like it's going to go on paper. But it's 2020, so who knows? This thing could get completely yeah. thrown on its head
1: absolutely it could anything can happen and 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 as a cowboys fan i've learned it anything will happen
0: can we just have not any more injuries i'd be okay with that no matter the outcome
1: honestly let's just finish the season without anybody getting seriously (laughs) injured that's that's what that's that's my super bowl this year
0: i already see what's going to happen so the 49ers gonna win this game there's gonna be this, okay. Look, you could win out, go eight and eight. And if this happens and this happens and this happens, and 49ers fans will get excited again because they just won a game. And if they win the next two, and maybe Garoppolo will come back, maybe Kittle will come back. And if they win those two games, go eight and eight, they could get in the playoffs and then they're going to go lose the the next two games or something like that. I just <laughs> see that, like, that's they're, they're setting up 49ers fans, the football gods are for more torture that that's the way this is going to go so the 49ers have to win this one for that full torture scenario to happen at the end of the year so that's the way i expect this thing to go
1: heartache and heartburn that's all that we have in our future i think
0: (laughs) absolutely all right we've gone long enough thank you so much landon fun stuff it's always fun chatting with the other talented hosts on the locked on podcast network you guys can find landon and marcus mosher doing the locked on cowboys thing daily i'm doing it here on locked on 49ers every day and i'm covering the nfl as a whole, on the Peacock and Williamson podcast daily as well. Thank you all for listening, and we'll both be back at our respective podcasts tomorrow, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.